Good morning. Thank you guys for an awesome morning of worship already. Hope you've experienced that too. The songs that we sang were fun and maybe festive during Go Tell It on the Mountain. I think I heard the drummer doing the clickety-clack of horse hooves or something. Uh, Thank you, Matt, wherever you are. Um, Festive, yeah, fun, yes. Uh, Seasonal, yes, but filled with truth. Amen? Aren't you thankful for that, that we can get together and sing, uh, that at this time of year, it's as if the whole world is playing our song, and no matter how much a lost and darkened world would like to distance themselves from the Savior, He is there, and we're singing this song this morning. I'm so thankful to have proclaimed God's truth uh, together already today, and we're going to look together to God's Word, Ephesians chapter 1 today, if you have a Bible Go ahead and turn there. If you don't have your Bible with you today, these words will be on the screen. And if you don't have a Bible in your life, we don't want anyone leaving without a good, reliable copy of God's Word just for you. And we have those on the table in the back. They're laid out there. You can't miss them. Uh, Really nice, uh, credible translations. You take that at no cost to you. Uh, If you need one, uh, then we want you to have it. It's just a gift from the heart of our church to you. If you need help knowing what to do with it, as always, you feel free to call or email or come see me. We'll sit down together and I'll be honored to set you on a right path with regard to God's Word. The Bible uh, in Ephesians chapter 1 has led out by telling us of our promises through Christ. It's been very clear and very robust in its language to explain to us uh, how greatly gifted we are through Christ, and only through Christ. There is no secondary source. Uh, there is no, no close second finisher to what Jesus gives us because of his shed blood and resurrection from the grave. Jesus gives us everything we need. We are adopted as sons. And here, here are a few of the uh, gifts that we've read about already just in the first few chapters of this text. <clears throat> we have every spiritual blessing. Verse 3. You'll see that. Uh, It's in the text above. Uh, Every spiritual blessing has been given to us. We have full adoption as sons. And yes, as daughters too. uh, We have full adoption into the family of God. We have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses. Verse 7. We have riches and wisdom and insight given us by his glorious grace, which, which the Bible says is what? Lavished upon us. Uh, That's in verses 7 and 8 above. We have a guaranteed inheritance in verse 11. And we have a permanent seal. The, the, The salvation we have in Christ is stamped upon us. It is sealed there. And the seal is the Holy Spirit. We've walked through all of this together. We are greatly gifted in Jesus Christ. And today the the Word of God opens up by Uh, asking or by giving a prayer for us. Verse 18 begins that prayer, and he asks that the the eyes of our heart would be enlightened. Here's what that means. uh, Just a story to help um, bring that out. I had to travel to um, a conference once, actually a a class in New Orleans. I had to stay there for two weeks by myself in a hotel operated by the, the seminary there. And it was called the Providence House, and you needed God's providence to survive staying there. Um, 
it was, uh, it's a fine place. I'm just teasing. It's, it's fine, but, you know, it's an old hotel run by the seminary. And I stayed there in my room for two weeks. And I got in there, and it was dark, dark place. You know what I mean? Dark car- carpet. Dark bedspread, right? Dark, dim lighting. Had like one little bulb in there. It looked like a mad scientist hanging, you know, just a, a one little bulb. And, uh, and I thought, I can't do schoolwork and homework. I'm going to have to go get some more bulbs. I went to the Walgreens. Got a lamp, got some the brightest bulbs I could find, right? And I found a splitter that would split the, you could screw it into the socket and put two bulbs in it. You know I did it. I, I bought two of them and uh, screwed those 100 watt daylight, 5,000 whatever bulbs in there and put my lamp there, lit up the place. Guess what I saw? A lot of stuff I wish I didn't see. I realize why the bedspread is dark, right? It's best for all of us. Just let it stay dark, right? The carpet had, like, you know, food mashed into it that in the dim light you couldn't see, but with the bright light you could see that it, it was there. Over by the microwave, there were streaks down the wall, right? Looked like somebody, Chef Boy RD, had gone crazy over there. <laughs> you saw, I mean, you see things that you don't normally see when the lights are on. And here's what the apostle, the apostle Paul, who's the original writer of this letter, uh, written by God uh, with the mechanism of, of his uh, hand, uh, we, he's telling us, I'm praying for you. Those of you who are gifted, you have these, gift, these gifts, it's permanent, it's given to you, it's yours. And I'm praying that the eyes of your heart will be enlightened, that you will see these things of your gifts, uh, that, that what you already have will take on meaning and purpose in your life, that when you were dark, you couldn't see, I'm praying that God will open your eyes, that you'll see in every corner, in every space, what these gifts mean and what power they have for you. He is wanting the gifts of God to grow into <clears throat> the fullness of who we are, to, to make a difference in our lives. He wants us to apply and appropriate all that we've been given in Christ. And so let's read this together. We're going to read 15 <clears throat> through 23, but we're going to focus just on a couple of verses in the center. For this reason, verse 15, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Do you see this? The gifts are already given. We're not going back to the gifts. They're already given. They're already certain. In fact, they are sealed in our lives. Those who have faith in Jesus Christ, they're sealed there. But he's saying, I want you to have wisdom to see what these mean. I want you to have revelation, to have your eyes revealed to to how these gifts uh, make a difference in your world. I want you to have the knowledge of God. Uh, In fact, I don't just want it, I'm praying for this, that the Lord Jesus, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you these things. Verse 18, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, 
what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of the strength of his might. What a, what a sentence that is, right? That's a big sentence. That he worked in Christ Jesus when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. When you hear someone pray for you, you hear their heart for you. You hear their vision for what they want for you. So what does God want for us? What is God's heart for those who possess the gift of salvation? This prayer reveals it to us. There are three desires that God shows for us in this prayer. The first one is this, <clears throat> that we would look to the fulfillment of his promise, that we would look for the fulfill, to the fulfillment of his promise. What is the thing that God wants us to live for in this. He wants us to live for the hope of his calling. Now, biblical hope is not the kind of hope that we have. We might say, boy, I hope Georgia wins tonight. Anybody hope that last night? But it wasn't a sure thing, was it? You might say it was if you're such an arrogant fan. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but I mean, you, you might say, yeah, but, but it wasn't sure. When we say hope, we say, boy, I hope this happens. It's an uncertainty i'm very wishful and positive about it but it may not i hope i get the promotion you know i hope i get this for for christmas but we don't know the word hope in the bible means something really different than that a lot different than that it's not wishful optimism it is a condition of the heart that arises out of an expectation or a promise of certainty so the bible here is telling us that the, the prayer is that we'll have the eyes of our hearts enlightened, that we, that we may know that our, our knowledge would, we would be filled with living for the hope to which Christ has called us. And so what does that mean? It means that we have it already. Let's live as if it's real. This is resurrection living. This is living with our homeland in mind. That means the things right around us here mean less to us now because we have a promise that is certain in the heavens. It is settled there for us. When I was a kid, I remember wanting so badly for Christmas a Nintendo Entertainment System. I'm of that age, uh, maybe in between some of y'all, some of you are very sophisticated in your gaming today. Some of you never played a video game in your life. And we played the NES, right? It was right at the beginning of video games. It was $100, and... Uh, we wanted one really bad, and my brother, my sister, and I, and we were willing even to save our money for it so that we could buy an NES. We started snooping around toward Christmas time, as you sometimes do, and we found the Nintendo hidden under my dad's bed. It was under there. And guess what we started doing with our money at that point? We started spending that stuff, right? <laughs> we didn't need the money anymore, right? We had already... We, we found what we needed. We had the money to spend, and so we weren't saving it any longer. Guess who figured this out? My dad. He said, well, why are you, I thought you were saving it for a Nintendo, right? We had to answer for that. Here's what I'm trying to, to, to put to you here today. When we know 
when we know that God has provided all that we need and far more, that it is settled in the heavens, that it is ours both then and now, guess what? We are free to spend the currency of our lives on other things. We are free to worship God in liberty. The, the things that we desire that we think we can't live without, uh, that we want so bad that we're clamoring for in this world, that we're hoarding up resources and, and just hoping that we can somehow accomplish them. When God has already done that for us, we have a freedom that we've never had before. We can live in victory. We can live in victory because of who we are in Christ and what that means for our eternal future. You don't have to live fearfully anymore. You don't have to clamor for things like, uh, God, I just wanna, I want security. I just want to feel secure in who I am in my life. We don't have to clamor for belonging. We're full members of the household of God for status or validation. He has reckoned you a son or a daughter, a prince of the kingdom. We don't have to clamor for love and for safety for a family or for a homeland when all these are guaranteed to you in everlasting abundance. Guess what? You can live for Jesus, right? You can spend your money on serving others. You can spend your time on worshiping him alone. Uh, you don't have to, if, if you if you're suffer a loss here in this world, guess what? Your claim is secure in heaven. Jesus has given us these things, that we would look to the fulfillment of his promise, that we would live that way as if God has given us everything we need. But two, that we would live in the outpouring of his fullness, that we would live in the outpouring of his fullness. I love this verse. He wants us to know desperately what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints? What does this mean exactly? What do we do, Matthew? Where do we go and how do we appropriate this? Well, there are two clues here in some of the words of this text. The first one is this. This, uh, this uh, promise here, this inheritance, contains riches, doesn't it? It contains riches. And the word riches here, I'm going to try to pronounce this for you in the original language, ploutos. We uh, somehow derive our word plural uh, from this. This means many or abundance or plentitude. It means fullness. Uh, he's praying that we would, <clears throat> we would know what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. God's inheritance toward us contains riches. It is full. It is abundant. It is plentiful. You know, I love the barbecue Wieners, the little bitty miniature ones. What are they called? Little Smokies, right? I love them at Christmas time. And in a week from now, we're going to have a big Christmas program in here. And afterwards, we're going to have a fellowship. I've been on my knees before God praying for these little miniature weenies. <clears throat> you know how they do. Put them in a crock pot. Put some barbecue sauce in. Somebody said you put jelly, grape jelly in those. I mean, put the grape jelly in there. You make, make the sauce. You pour in the little smoky weenies, and you let them simmer. Now, something very tragic happened to me last year at this time. <clears throat> After the Christmas program, you all rushed like a horde in there. Um, <laughs> I stayed in here and locked some doors and stuff and got in there. The, the, the crock pot was empty. <laughs> the sauce was there, and the spoon was there with the holes in it to drip through, and I just scooped it down in there and nothing. 
I thought, well, I'm going to try one more time. I scooped it, and I felt something move, and I scooped it up. There was one little weenie left, <laughs> and it was broken. <laughs> I pulled it out. It was hanging, you know. I thought, I'm not even going to eat this, but I did. I ate it. Uh, <clears throat> you don't come up empty with the inheritance that God has promised us. Well, how is that a comfort to us? How is it a comfort that the inheritance that we're promised, we don't come up empty? That it overflows toward us. It is plautos, right? It, it, it's, it's plural. It's many. It's, it's, it's replete. Uh, we're never going to find ourselves at the bottom of the bucket when it comes to the promises of God. And the second word we need to look at here is the word glory or glorious. The inheritance, it contains riches, but it is also glorious. The word is doxa, like doxology, if you know that term. It means radiance, brightness, eminence. Something is emanating from this inheritance that God has given us. Now, this word is the exact word used in Acts chapter 22 when the Apostle Paul uh, is telling of what happened to him on his conversion experience on the Damascus Road. And he tells the story of how he's walking along, persecuting the church, and all of a sudden, boom, a bright light struck him. The glory of God was there, and a voice spoke to him. said, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. You know that story. The word for brightness in your Bible, in Acts 22, 11, the brightness of the light, that word brightness is this word doxa. And so that, that is what is meant here. Your inheritance is abundant, right? It's never-ending. But also, it is emanating. It is, there is, there is it's energy, radiance coming off of this inheritance for you. I watch a show sometimes, especially when we're on vacation. We're able to see it. It's called Dr. Pimple Popper. Anybody seen this show? Somebody's shaking your head, but I know you see it. I know you've watched it. Dr. Pimple Popper is a show about a, a doctor, uh, and uh, she specializes in treating, you know, what you might call pimples or boils or, or you know, big, big things on people that need treated. <clears throat> They'll come into her, and uh, she'll give them an evaluation, and then it comes the day of the, the procedure, and she gets in there, and, man, she mashes, and she cuts, and she squeezes, and they use a word on there that's, um, that really is disgusting. The word is express. And they'll say something like, they'll say something like, well, this, this particular, you know, um, condition has expressed three ounces of material. <laughs> Discharge, if you will, right? It has expressed this. And they'll say, well, we cut this open, and, and th this one expressed, you know, eight ounces of gelatinous goo. Uh, it's, it's something, something awful. What that means is something came out of it, right? It was full of, there was a lot of it, and it came out. And here's the, here's the disgusting message I'm trying to tell you today. <clears throat> when it comes to our inheritance in Christ, the prayer here uh, is that we would know, that we would know what are the riches of his glorious, his expressed inheritance toward us. There are a lot of riches, but they don't just stay contained up in the character of God somewhere in the heavenly place. They're not just a matter of his isolated holiness somewhere. 
that we know that God uh, contains all this, but it's not given to us. No, it is. We are rich in it. There are riches, and they are coming at us. He is get, he's releasing these things to us uh, because of our inheritance in him. That means that the inheritance, the promises of God, are not just a someday type of a thing. It doesn't mean just, well, someday we're going to know this. Someday we're going to have this. They're not just hidden away from us. God, from his heavenly storehouses, he showers the believer with endless blessings. With endless blessings. We have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places through Christ. And God is giving us those in this life right now. We have access to them. He's given us joy and peace. He's given us the ability to, to live in a Christ-like way. He gives us wisdom and strength and endurance. Do you ever need endurance? Listen, it's available to you. In, in, in what quantity? In endless quantities. In, in what way do we get it? God is radiant. It's a glorious inheritance. Listen, God is not in the habit of coldly folding his arms and saying, if you want it, come and get it. He sent of himself. He laid in a manger. He occupied the, the finite and helpless body of an infant. He walked this dirt. He suffered insult and loss and ultimately went to a cruel cross that did not belong to him. God is a God who comes to us. And when it comes to the benefits, the power, the knowledge of God, he does not wait for us to come and get it. It is a glorious inheritance. He radiates it from his being. It is endless. It is available. And it is ours. We have everything we need in Christ. We have the power of prayer. We have the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have all of this and more. And it's ours for the taking. And listen. The, the, the application of this verse here is he wants us to learn how to use them. Not to remain like an unopened package beneath the Christmas tree. We've received the gift, but it lays there dormant doing nothing because we won't reveal it into our lives. God wants us to use it. That is the full thrust of this prayer here. He is praying that these things will grow up into our lives he wants us to live in the outpouring of god's fullness but but lastly he wants us to lay hold of the triumph of his power to lay hold of the triumph of his power this is a famous verse of scripture because of how many words it assembles and just heaps overlapping one upon the other to describe God's power, we have access to a mighty, an immeasurable power through Jesus Christ. I was listening to a sermon by John MacArthur recently, and he said this in his sermon. He said, sons of the king do not conduct themselves like the devil's beggars. Sons of the king do not conduct themselves like the devil's beggars. We don't just scramble for scraps from the table of the world when we have all the power we need through Christ. Here are a few of the words that are mentioned here that are heaped upon in just one little verse here. One verse 19. The surpassing power of God. The surpassing power 
of God. The word here is hyperbolo. It means to overshoot the mark. It means here's as far as could be measured. Here's where the measurement ends, and the mark was overshot. It literally means unable to be measured, beyond, beyond measure. That's what God has given us in Christ. The surpassing what? Greatness, megathos. You know, you can see the word mega in that. I would love this as a nickname one day, you know. The megathos, right? It's a, it's a, it's a powerful word. The greatness, the, the hyperbolo megathos of God's power, dynamis. The word power is dynamis. And you can see where we derived an English word, dynamite, from that. In Christ, he wants us to know, to, to, to feel to, in our lives, to comprehend, to appropriate, to apply the surpassing greatness of his power. And how does that come about? As a result of the working, energia, the energy, you might say, the work product, the working of the strength, kratos, like Democrat, autocrat, plutocrat, theocrat, a ruler, right? Uh, as a result of the energy of the rule of his might. And the English verse that comes from that, put this in your pocket. The prayer is that we would know that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened. That we would look into the room and, and, and not see the shadowy narrowness of the power of God, but that the lights would be turned on and in every corner of our lives there would be a working through of this power. Here's what the English verse finally says here, that we would know what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of the strength of his might. Put that in your pocket for one day when you're feeling weak. Put that in your pocket for the day that you have been wronged. Put it in your pocket for the day that you don't have any more to give. You don't have the answers. You don't know what's going to happen next. But you are at the bottom of you. And remember this prayer. I'm praying for you, the apostle says. The word of God, see, this comes from God. I'm praying for you. My, my desire for you is that you would know the surpassing greatness of his power according to the working of the strength of his might. That's amazing. That, that is as if to say we, we have assembled every word we can think of. We've stacked them up on top of each other to somehow paint a picture for you that God is mighty beyond compare and it still falls short. It is surpassing. It still misses the mark of what can be measured i go down and visit in the nursery sometimes i love on sunday mornings one of my favorite things to do is to go see the babies uh, in our church uh, children's ministry get to hold them for a minute with the other nursery workers who are in there and inevitably they want to grab my pen this this is like total that i'm a nerd right i carry a pen in my pocket they want to grab the pen what do you think they do with it? They chew on it, right? I wear this microphone sometimes down there. This is an expensive microphone. It's very technical. And uh, I go down there, and the babies grab at the microphone, right? They want to see what this is. They especially like this little furry piece on the end. And those are hard to come by. 
They really are. I mean, if you lose the furry piece, you're going to have a hard time finding another one. And you'd be surprised how expensive that little furry piece is there on the end. The babies don't care. (laughs) What do you think they do with it? In their mouth, up their nose, whatever they can do. They want that thing, and it will come off, and they sometimes take it. That's the reason we don't give our babies uh, Christmas presents like uh, the new iPhone 14 Pro Max, right? We don't give them that. Why not? What are they going to do with it? They're going to chew it, right? They're going to they're slobber over that thing. And what God is asking here, what his desire, his loving desire for us here is, is to say, you've been given this gift. Why are you still teething on it? His desire is for us to grow up into the gift that he's given us and for us to allow the gift to grow out into its fullness in our lives. So many Christians have been given this mighty gift from God, salvation and all its promised inheritance, and we've never stopped sticking it in our mouth and teething on the mighty gift of God. We've got to stop doing that. We've got to stop teething on the riches of its glorious inheritance. God wants his ransom redeemed to grow up from the coloring pages and the flannel graphs. Praise God for them, but to grow up from them into princes of the kingdom. For too long, God's people have walked around like the defeated destitute in the world. Like we're empty-handed in this world. We're too tired, Lord. God, we're just too sorrowful. We've been wrong too many times. We're too old. We're too young. We're too impoverished. We're too uneducated, God. We're too sorrowful. We're too empty. Uh, We're too busy, Lord. When the reality is we've been handed a power beyond comparison. We have access to the power of heaven. Is it possible you're walking around today as a child of this world? merely teething on the things of God, but taking your nourishment such as you can get it from the the things in 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 a broken, fallen place. When God says, listen, I want you to know my power. You see, take up the power of your homeland, and you'll find out that the one who rules there, he rules here too, and you're in good hands. He wants us to lay hold of the triumph of his power. We were driving down the road the other day, and I noticed something on the car, on the screen there. It was green. It was shaped like a leaf. It was lit up. I thought, what is this thing? And I saw it said, econ mode, right? Econ mode. I thought, I don't like the sound of that, right? I don't like the look of that leaf either, right? Because <laughs> what does that mean for your car? It's going to save, oh, it means to you to save gas. It means to me it's making it weaker, right? <laughs> Sissy mode. I mean, you might, you might call it. Uh, <laughs> God looks at our lives, and, and he, he sees that we've been given an incredible gift. I mean, just an uh, unspeakable gift. In fact, the Ephesian letter is going to call the gift of God an unspeakable gift pretty soon. And he sees Christians, and he sees us roaming around with the little green light on, Right? Right? Econ mode. In, in weakness in this world. 
when he's provided the power that we need. He's provided everything we need. And I wonder if it's time that some of us in here, some of us listening somewhere else, now or in the future, online or elsewhere, that we have the hearts, the eyes of our hearts enlightened. And that we let the power and the promise of God go everywhere. It's time to realize all we were meant for in Christ. Are you ready this morning? Let me pray for us. Just a moment, I'll offer a time of response. Maybe today, if you could be honest, if the Lord would allow you to have just transparency in your spirit, an honest conversation with yourself, you would know that there's not really a matchup between promises and power of God and what you're seeing in your life right now. Maybe you haven't trusted God fully. Or maybe you haven't gone back to that well in a long time and you need to go to Him and you want this to be a part of who you are. You want the eyes of your heart enlightened. Maybe today you would pray to God and just say, Lord, bring me back to Yourself. God, I know I've been living far beneath all that You have planned for me. Not only planned for me, God, but that you gave yourself for me so that I could possess this. And God, I want to walk in it. I don't know how, Lord. I don't even know what the first step is, Lord. But I'm coming to you, Father. Redeem me. Bring me back to you. You can do that this morning. You can do it in your seat. You can walk the aisle and see me or pray by yourself. Whatever you choose to do. Maybe today you need to come to salvation. Maybe today you have heard all of this but you know that you are on the outside of it because the Christ of the cross and the empty tomb, you have never made him your savior. You have never said yes to all that he has said yes to to take hold of you. You can come to him today. Just believe in Jesus Christ. Place the weight of your life upon him. He is worthy to hold you up. Maybe today you come for church membership or for some other reason. I don't know. That's between you and God. Listen to his voice this morning. Lord, we thank you for his word, for your word. Thank you for trusting it. Pray that it would have meant something to your people this morning. I pray that you would exalt Jesus Christ through your word here. And Father, that you would change us. If there's anyone, God, who can reach into us and do the impossible work, Lord, it's you. Thank you for that. We offer this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing, and as we do, I invite you to respond.